We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Two pitch, ball line to Yount, it's short, he throws, it's over! The Brewers have won the American League pennant! Milwaukee, you have a World Series! Hit in the air, Yount makes a great catch, and Juan Diemus has thrown the first no-hitter in Milwaukee Brewer history! Swings, and here it is! A base hit in the right center! He's done it. 3,000 for Robin. And there's a drive in the left field. This is hit well. And it's gone. Robin. A two-run home run. The Brewers take the lead. Morgan, a smash up the middle. Base hit the center. You're cruising for a bruising with me, Andrew Snyder. And me, Adam McGee. As we talk all things Milwaukee Brewers for the Eurostep Podcast Network and Blue Wire Podcast, Adam, it's important to not play with your food because as we've learned at times this season, sometimes your food will jump off the plate and eat you. But the Brewers did not do that this week. It took two out of three games from the Colorado Rockies. Uh, The Cincinnati Reds, Drop some games to the Miami Marlins. The Chicago Cubs drop some games to the New York Mets. And the Brewers come into this Thursday off day feeling pretty good about where they are in the NL Central standings. But before we talk about that, hey, Adam, that's a great Barrel Man t-shirt you're wearing. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you very much, Andrew. Um, Yeah, good, good few days for the Brewers. Probably an even better few days for the Brewers for people who like didn't watch the Brewers the last few days and just checked out the standings um on I don't know Monday morning and then again on a Wednesday evening. I think that's maybe the best way to have taken in the Brewers experience the last few days. But my teeth are grinded down into nubs, Adam. Like, and I had to re up my heart pills. Yeah, I get it. All's well that ends well, though, and. Sure, would we have liked a sweep? Yes, we would. We talked about that, but something of a return to just what you need to be do, what you need to do to be a really good team, and that's you know, okay, win out of win two out of three against all the bad teams, and you'll you'll generally take that, and that's what they did here, even if it wasn't always as as pretty in reality as it might be to just look at the. The NL Central lead extended out to two and a half games, I believe it is now, uh, which feels like the largest lead the Brewers have had in a little while. And Cubs cooling off, but Reds in a tailspin. You know what? Just keep it together, Brewers. I think that is important right now. Keep it together just like this. Grind out results where you can, and we should all be pretty happy about the direction things will be headed over the remainder of the regular season. Yeah, I mean, just, you know, take what's in front of you. I think that's what they did this week. The Pirate series was a little more disappointing. You probably wanted uh, 
three games instead of two there. Obviously, we know what happened in the Nat series, but they played a, a couple or one absolutely just like dominant game to open the series. Then they played two uh, very stressful tight games, ended up winning one out of the two. You'll take that. And like you said, the Cubs and, and Reds slip up against their NL East opponents, and you're able to add that game in the standings. And you obviously have the tiebreaker with the Reds, so that's huge. You got six games, I think it is, to finish out the season against the Cubs. Uh, not six in a row against the Cubs, but six more remaining on the schedule against the Cubs, including three to wrap up the season. But uh, going into an off day, going into another weekend series that you should expect now we come to expect the unexpected this season in terms of which opponents they beat and which they don't, but you can take advantage of a white Sox team that is like the ultimate down bad team this season. The vibes are terrible. We've got stories coming out about yes, money ground slapping Tim Anderson. He gets obviously knocked out by Jose Ramirez. People will not <laughs> stop trying to hit Tim Anderson. Like someone find a bodyguard for this man. Uh, but hopefully they're able to take advantage of that. Elsewhere around the system, there's not too many notes to to be updated on right now. Uh, I mean, for for the time being, it's just all right. The Brewers are out there and they're playing baseball, and uh, they've got players available. I I know Jesse Winker is going on a rehab assignment uh, this week. I think or next week. I can't remember seeing exactly when the specifics of that are going to be. Uh, I that's I guess that's going to be a key completes his rehabbing his DFA situation. I don't know where there's a spot on the roster for him right now. Um, but there is some fun happening uh, in Appleton. The Wisconsin Timber Adlers uh, in the last week have added first round pick Brock Wilkin uh, to the roster as well as Mike Bovey. So two draft picks heading to Appleton. And last night, uh, each guy got their first homers in high A. Mike Bovey gets it started off. Brock Wilkin follows with uh, a homer of his own. Uh, Mike Bovey had been going on a little bit of a homer tear in the complex league as well. A guy that was known for his contact skills um, and not striking out. Uh, we talked about the insane strikeout to walk ratio um, when he was drafted. Um, friend of the podcast, Logan in the Discord, shouted out uh, Jim Callis, who's a prospect writer, who said at the time, the Brewers took him. There was some thought that Bobby could tap into more power in pro ball. Looks like it's happening right now. So a guy that we weren't necessarily uh, like talking about as the gym of this draft class when we were talking about the Cooper Pratt's of the world, um, Brock Wilkin and others. Uh, but hey, it seems like this Appleton team is worth uh, checking out. So, or yeah, the Timber Rattlers. So if you know, you're in the area, the Ty Windishes of the world, you know, get out there and uh, get to some ball games to wrap up the year. I don't know if he's listening. I don't know if we're quite in bandwagon season right now. It's been a rough 10 days or so Brewers baseball. So we'll see. He's if been Ty firing off the this. takes. He's been he's firing off the takes. He, that doesn't mean he's listening though. He's tweeting about Japanese baseball. It's he's, he's popping off. Uh, yeah, a lot of really good stuff here. Just Brewers draft class. I mean, you can't judge draft classes anywhere near this soon. God, there seems to be a lot of good stuff going on very quickly, though, and a lot of prospects to really be excited about. Um, Something that caught my eye with Brock Wilkin, who's obviously someone that we talked quite a bit about around the draft. Um, He's played six games at the Timber Rattlers. Andrew, do you know how many walks Brock Wilkin has had in six games? Uh, I hope it's going to be an insanely positive number, but go ahead. He has had nine walks in six games, and he has walked in every single game he has played so far with the Timber Rattlers. Uh, I thought that was pretty impressive, particularly given his profile, what you expect of him. Like, uh, most recent game where it was, was it yesterday he had his first homer as well? Um, yep. It was. Right after Bowie. So, two for four with a walk very very nice stuff you know it's he had three walks earlier in the week um on august 6th he, he walked three times so yeah nine walks in six games that's a, a nice added wrinkle i think to the brock wilkin experience 
excuse me, absolutely it is. But uh, you know, we're at we're at the stage of their careers where we we have nothing in our heads but dreams, Adam. Excuse me. Oh God. Uh, and then we're able to you know see how they develop into uh, players. I was looking at some other Timber Adler stats, uh, some other guys that I was excited about. Not exactly tearing the cover off the ball yet, but you know it'll be it'll be fun. But Wilkin, like you said, in those fifteen at bats, three thirty three batting average, five eighty three OBP, five thirty three slug, uh, and those nine walks to only four strikeouts. So uh, yeah, uh, I think I, I think Eric Brown might still be hurt. Um, I remember there was a lot of speculation <laughs> one day on Twitter around the trade deadline um, when he was out of the lineup. Uh, wondering if if he was part of a move, but uh, it seems to be that that was just uh, yeah, that was just uh, an injury situation. So kind of a a lost year for him. Uh, Robert Moore kind of having a tough year at the plate as well, but an infusion of excitement and talent to the Brewers High A affiliate. Um, you know, Adam, it's 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 lower down on the rung, and and, and this year I don't know that uh, we had any. Pro- prospects that are really moving the needle. Luis Lara might be a dude. Logan Henderson might be a dude. I'm hope I'm finally getting out to Zebulon over the weekend, uh, if the weather continues to hold, and we'll hopefully get a look at um, at some Brewers prospects. But yeah, uh, Tim Bradler's seems worth the price of admission right now. Not too much else to talk about that's administrative or off the field slash off of American family field and on other fields. Uh, did, did you come across anything that you wanted to chat about or shall we get into the games? No, I mean, we could get to this later too, but just to uh, touch on your white socks joke earlier, I'm just, you may notice already, I'm just coming across a new white socks uh, story, which is that they're denying leaving Keenan Middleton's name off the scoreboard after he uh, criticized team culture. So, <laughs> things are going great there uh maybe the only place where things are arguably going worse than within the kind of uh baltimore orioles management media team right now is the chicago white Sox organization so that's a lots of fun stories that you could circle back to at the end uh breaking news adam john angelos has bought the chicago white Sox and now suspended you from ever calling white Sox games for that comment that you just made yeah, but that's uh, tough yeah, well, you know, I think I, I'm sure you'll get back on your feet at some point. Um, moving on to the series, the Rockies versus the Milwaukee Brewers. The Rockies had swept the Brewers in Colorado earlier this year. And uh, this was a lot like the opening game to the Pirates series where the Brewers scored a lot of runs and, and made it easy. But, I mean, one of the bigger stories of this game, maybe, is just how locked in Freddy Peralta was. Um, a guy who, who has shown flashes here and there of returning to his former self has struggled with allowing the home run ball, but has missed a lot of bats, and he missed a lot of bats in this game. Just outstanding work from Freddie Peralta. Um, so Freddie Peralta on the mound in this game against uh, Chris Flexen. Uh, or sorry, uh, that's, this was Peter Lambert. Fluxen started a different game in the series. Uh, Peralta goes seven innings, just allows one hit, a homer, and 13 strikeouts. The homer is in the first inning. Ezekiel Tovar, homers make it one nothing. But after that, that was pretty much it. The Brewers would start the offensive onslaught in the fourth and be really unrelenting in that manner. Bryce Terang, homers to right center with Sal Freelick on base to make it 2-1. to one. Tyrone Taylor. Singles to left to score Brian Anderson to make it 3-1. William Contreras singles to center to make it 5-1. Brewers put up a five spot in the fourth to go up 5-1 and really give Freddie Peralta um, some assistance there. Uh, like we said, 13 um, strikeouts uh, and was just uh, missing bats. One base runner, uh, basically over the what was it the the final uh eight innings because he had the homer and then um was that not, was that e- not even was no the, the homer is it so they had zero base they had zero so we base were, runners after the, after the homer we were just finished, the, uh, the usual one over the minimum 
the usual Freddie Peralta, you know, customer. Here's a home run away from a perfect game. Um, no walks from Elvis Figueroa and Andrew Chafin, which, you know, we'll, <laughs> we'll get back to that later. Um, no hits from either of yeah. those guys. So, so it was purely that one Freddie Peralta home run, which, you know, it, it happens. This has been bubbling. I feel like we've talked a lot about this, and then he'll follow up with a start after, which is not so good. Um, but this is like the second that time. That might just be who he is this year, and that's, I guess, fine at this point. I'd like, you know, give us six and seven strikeouts and one to two earned runs every start. I'd, maybe that's just greedy and too much to ask. But the absolute peak of his power is, is really something to behold right now. I just wish we could bridge that gap, kind of tighten up where the the variation is coming from, because um, there are games where he's hurting the Brewers as a starter, and then there are games like this one where he's absolutely phenomenal. And it just seems like we're pretty much alternating at the moment. Um, He's putting a lot of top, top tier starts on the best starts of his career together in a short span of time. It would be just fantastic if he could hold it together a little bit better in between all of that, because that's the real difference. And if you could do that, and then you've got Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff ahead of him in the rotation, you're going to Freddie Peralta, who's pitching like that. Wade Miley's looked good since his return. Like, the Brewers become very, very difficult to get anything against. Um, So you can't really say enough good things about this particular Freddie Peralta performance. But it does just make me continue to want to be like, can we just, can we just find kind of a compromise here, Freddie? Can we find a midpoint where everything's happy and every time you start, the Brewers are in really good position to try and win a game? I know that's a bit greedy. I know it's a lot to ask, particularly after a start like this one. Um, but it is so kind of so skewed to the extremes of life from him that some. Steadiness would be just a really, really welcome. I think he's got it in him, and when he pitches like this, there's no doubting just how good his stuff is. Yeah, in the last month, really the only damaging start that he had um, was the five innings, six earned runs allowed to the Braves. Um, against the Nationals, had a quality start, six innings, uh, just the three earned runs. Shut out the Reds in six innings with 13 strikeouts uh, a few weeks ago. So, like you said, there the signs are there. Um, that he can be dominant. He just has the, you know, <laughs> the one game here or there where the home run ball or the walks really get the best of him. But this was uh, just an outstanding pitching performance. Uh, 31 swings and misses were a career high. Um, the most by any brewer in a game since uh, at least 2008, which is when StatCast uh, started. Uh he struck out seven batters the first time through the order. Just absolutely dominant. Like you said, after the home run, it was just all all zeros all the time. Uh, after a few innings where the Brewers did not score, they would uh, start scoring again. And once again, they just absolutely piled it up. Uh, William Contreras in the seventh double score Christian Yelich to make it 6-1. Sal Freelich doubles to left to score William Contreras to make it 7-1. Andrew Monasterio singles to right to make it 8-1. Uh, Elvis Piguero comes out, excuse me, throws a scoreless eighth. Uh, two strikeouts, 10 pitches, eight strikes. Uh, Piguero is, <clears throat> as we'll talk about later in the series, has had a tough go of it lately, um, but looked really good in that performance. Going on to the eighth inning, Tyron Taylor's homer makes it 9-1 in the eighth Again, Sal Freelix Homer makes it 12 to 1. Andrew Chafin closes things out with a scoreless ninth, one strikeout, 11 pitches, eight strikes. Brewers win 12 1 behind an offensive onslaught and uh, some great pitching from Freddie Peralta. Six for 13 with runners in scoring position. Just great work by the Brewers offense. And just a shout out to Bryce Terang, who we have talked a bit about lately, but another home run for him in particular is noteworthy because just hasn't really been a feature of his of his game through the early stages of his Brewers career. He has come up with a couple of really nice ones, but 
seeing him hit the long ball with a bit more regularity is really intriguing when he's getting on base a ton too. Like we we're now into I think our third episode talking about his his new approach and I guess some greater discipline, but just a much kind of lazier, looser kind of look. Um upright stance, but seems to be a lot more fluid with the bat in his hands. And my God, it looks good. <laughs> and if this if this can kind of hold and this manages to sustain and not just be one really freakishly kind of hot spell throughout uh, the entirety of the season, would be a really, really big deal. A really, really big deal for the Brewers. And it is also worth us noting in this game, probably something we could have talked about in news and notes, or we could circle back to it in some more detail when we get to game three, is... I mean, one of the main headlines around this series for the Brewers was Willie Adamas being given a couple of days off, as it proved to be. And in this case, what did that mean? It meant Bryce trying it short. And it seemed like that was on his way up the ranks. That was very much his position. It's probably the position he would most like to play. And let's be honest, it could well be a position that he ends up playing for the Brewers in the longer term, particularly if this kind of improvement in his hitting proves to be something really unsustainable. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Yeah, I thought he looked good in the few innings we saw him at short. Obviously, he made an error error at second base and uh, on a really tough hop in one game, or game three of this series. Um and that's going to happen from time to time. But with his defensive value, like what he does with the bat doesn't have to be like something crazy. Like he doesn't have to be like a mid 800s OPS guy to be a really, really valuable player just because of that defense. And also uh, the speed. Obviously, we know Bryce will uh, steal a base here and there. He's got 14 steals this season. So maybe can he be like a at his peak, like a 30 to 40 steals guy. Who knows? Um, if he gets on base more, certainly possible. Uh, game two of this series uh, was one of two that where the, uh, the the teeth grinding was going on for Brewers fans, and, and maybe they needed to re-up their uh, blood pressure medication. But, you know, after a 12-1 win where you face one over the minimum and Freddie Peralta looks like uh, uh, the most dominant version of himself, you know, you, you can balance those out. Uh, uh in the beginning of a series that you ultimately win. Kyle Freeland 
on the mound against Wade Miley. And again, the Brewers get an excellent starting pitching performance. Wade Miley goes six innings, just two hits. One run, it was earned. Three walks, two strikeouts. Uh, balls in play, his defense uh, picking him up and uh, playing really well. Um, the Rocky score in the fourth, the only damage that Miley would allow is a home run to Nolan Jones. Uh, that makes it one nothing. Rockies. William Contreras immediately grabs uh, the, the the game back and ties it up with a homer of his own. The left one that he absolutely crushed, kind of wrapped around the foul pole there and left. Uh, you know, we're we're often used to seeing William Contreras spray the ball to right field or up the middle, but this one he uh, really yanked out of the ballpark. Mark Canna gives the Brewers a lead in the sixth with a double of his own scores. Ryan Anderson to make it 2-1. Uh, like I said, Miley goes 6, just the one and run on the homer. Uh, Wade Miley uh, missed time at various places this season. Um, so there have been spells where he's out of the rotation and the Brewers have to come up with some sort of patchwork solution. But I got to say, Adam, uh, when we get to the end of the season, we're going to talk about Colin Ray. We're going to talk about Julio Tehran and how they they gave innings and um, you know they like really did some good work and did their job. And when we talk about Wade Miley, who uh, is thirty six years old and has dealt with injuries, every time he comes back, he comes back and it feels like he hasn't missed a beat. Throws the four innings with one uh, earned run allowed against the Nats, then comes in. Ups his uh, pitch total by 25 pitches, completes six innings, and gets the job done and gives the Brewers a chance to win the game. Just can't say enough about the role Wade Miley's played on this team this year and when he's been available. Truly an essential part of the rotation. 77 and two-thirds innings pitched and a 2.90 ERA. I think even in our best predictions for Wade Miley, I don't, I don't know that we saw him being this good, and it's been a joy to watch. He's only failed to go five innings um, where injury hasn't factored in on one occasion. So that's in terms of not being on pitch limits or being taken out of a game early for injury. So you put him out there, you're getting five, and the majority of the times the Brewers have got six, even a couple of seven-inning starts from him. He's been fantastic. I, I think we do talk about him a lot less than Julio Tehran or Colin Ray, which on the one hand is wrong, but it's also, I think, a, a sign of respect to Wade Miley that this is just who he is, and we've come to expect it. He doesn't really let us down as much as a lot of other players, so he doesn't get kind of a condescending pat on the head. It's like, yeah, he's really, really good, and he's a professional, and he's going out, and he's doing his business, and he's had his injury problems, but he's battled through them, and maybe one of the most remarkable things is when he's got injured and he comes back, it's like, He's not doing long ramp-ups in the minor leagues or anything. He's just like, oh, Wade Miley's back. And he goes out there and he throws and he looks like Wade Miley in a way which feels very different to everyone else. I have questions over if it's necessarily the right thing. If the Brewers pitching staff had been healthier all season long, maybe at times they would have taken more care with that. But the Brewers' record is certainly something that Wade Miley should take a lot of pride in because there have been spells when... They've really been down multiple key pitchers or guys haven't been pitching at their best. He's always been like there, really, really steady. Sub sub tree um ERA 2.9 at the moment. Just a really, really great season. And yeah, it's just what I expect now. And he's come to earn that kind of respect where I think we have a higher bar for him than other guys who've essentially had to be innings eaters because yeah, it's not just what his track record as a big league pitcher is. It's what he's done this season. He's been absolutely fantastic. Yeah, he is not a Chad innings eater, which is a guy that's going to go give you bulk innings, but, you know, give up a lot of runs. Miley's been very good at run prevention. Also, we had the little Bally segments uh, this week where they were showing Woody and Corbin and Miley talking about pitch grips in the dugout. And then we got a follow-up the next day where they were kind of on the field pregame. And it looked like they were like talking through, I don't know if it was a cutter grip or a curveball or whatever it was, but you know, just like the, the like veteran vibes thing that I, you know, I can't prove because I'm not in the clubhouse. I would assume he's like a very like vital, but probably not like 
not like a, the loudest voice in the room, but a very, very well-respected guy who it can help younger players. Yeah, and I, I think there is some, uh, like, guys even like Corbin and Woody have talked to the value they see and having him around and how he sees the game. There was also the great article, and I can't remember if it was Adam McAlvey or if it was if it was a Journal Sentinel article right around the the trade deadline where Wade Miley was essentially giving Matt Arnold his wish list, and seemingly he watches more baseball than anyone, and the guys he wanted were the guys largely who the Brewers ended up with. I don't know if you, you would see this at the time, but he wanted Santana, and he was talking up Santana. Uh, he wanted Chafin, and you know, we, we could talk about that in a while. Um, but it was essentially just that this guy, like, eats, sleeps, drinks baseball. He knows the game better than anyone. He really thinks about the mechanics of pitching. He watches all around the league. He's got good insight and good opinions on a variety of players, different positions. And it seemed to that he is someone that within the org, it's like, yeah, players love going to him and talking to him. But also, there's a level of respect, probably with him being a veteran voice, where he can probably talk to the staff and um, the front office in a way that's a little bit different to a lot of other guys, too. I mean, I know we're late on his career, but I, I really, really like Wade Miley, and this is a second go-around with the Brewers, but he does seem like someone that like they could generally benefit from keeping in the organization and uh, seems like a really smart guy who maybe even in the longer term you could develop him in a whole variety of ways post-playing career in the organization too. So I, I don't think you're off the mark. We're not in there to know that, but certainly when his teammates talk about him, when he talks about his teammates, I even remember like some great post-game stuff after one of Weimer's big games earlier in the season when he's being asked about Weimer and just talking about his personality and everything. Seems like a really good guy to have in the locker room and also someone who... I just think his commanding respect beyond that, like he's everything points to how serious he takes his job, how serious he takes his role. And you know what? He like that shines true. The results reflect that every time he goes to the mound. Yeah. So what you're saying is he needs to join our discord when me and some of the other listeners are like <laughs> crushing West coast games when we should be asleep. Cause Wade Miley's doing that too. Yeah. We'll talk about this in the off season. Not a lot of this is like, where does he, uh, land with his health at the end of the year and, and like does he want to come back with him back on a one-year deal even if he's giving you like a, the around 100 innings or maybe you get lucky and get a little more um as a middle of the rotation guy when he's healthy but a depth guy overall because of you know he might have to budget in that time for him being on the aisle with something small like i i just think it's a no-brainer for him to be back on like a one-year deal at a reasonable price if, if he wants that if his body will allow it and if he you know still pitching well because obviously we know there's going to be uh one big hole to replace in the rotation and you know wade miley is not the bump up replacement for corbin Bur burns guy uh but, but maybe there won't maybe maybe mark is going to open the checkbook we'll talk about that all later <laughs> uh anyway uh elvis Pagero comes on in the seventh inning uh Brewers holding a 2-1 lead, allows a homer to Elias Diaz to make it 2-2. Nolan Jones homers to make it 3-2. So the first two batters of the inning, homer to erase that Brewers lead. Uh, Peguero would get out of the inning after allowing uh, or strike out, ground out to him, and then a single, then he struck out Doyle to end the inning. Uh, the Brewers would tie the game almost immediately again. Andre Monasterio, power serve series for this guy. Uh, we love the the man we affectionately call the U, and, and he delivers again in the series homers to tie the game at three to three. Uh, that takes us to the eighth inning. Brent suit or after Brent Suter had come in, uh, Monasterio homers off Kyle Freeland. Joey Weimer follows with a single. Then old friend Brent Suter comes in and gets out of the inning. Uh, so love Suter. Did not love to see that he does effective work against his former team. He's having a great season. Just, uh, I mean, I'm sure most Brewers fans are aware of that, but 261 uh, ERA, he's pitching very, very well this year at the Rockies. Yes, he is. Um, Yoel Piamps comes on in the eighth, hits Jerkson Profar, uh, but then gets Tovar to ground into a double play, and a Ryan McMahon ground out ends the inning. Suter comes on... Uh, 
again, I think, for the top of the eighth. Um, does, or yeah. bottom of the eighth, excuse me. Uh, gets Christian Yelts to ground out, and then uh, Cook comes on to finish out the inning. Devin Williams pitches a, a scoreless ninth inning. Uh, Brewers unable to get anything going other than an Andrew Monasterio single in the bottom of the ninth. That sends us to extra innings, which is, again, the reason that I drink uh, is a runner starting on second base to start extra innings. Um, Andrew Chafin, like we said, trade deadline acquisition comes on to pitch. And uh, this did not go well, Adam. Obviously, the runner starts on second. Uh, he walks Toglia. Uh, Doyle reaches on a bunk single that they're unable to get to the out on. He walks Tucker to score Castro. Uh, bases are still loaded after that. Admiral Uribe comes on to relieve him. Chafin comes on, does not record an out, gives the Rockies Ooh. a 4-3 lead, gives way to Uribe, who then walks Tovar to bring home another run, walks Ryan McMahon to bring home another run, strikes out Austin wins, and then a Nolan Jones sacrifice fly makes it 7-3. Uh, Admiral gets out of the inning with a strikeout, but four runs in the top of the 10th for the Rockies, and the Brewers are unable to get anything in the bottom of the 10th against Justin Lawrence. Uh, Bryce Strang strikes out. Brian Anderson grounds out and Yelich grounds out. 7-3, a really rough top of the 10th inning uh, where Andrew Chapin and Abner Uribe struggled to find the zone. I have a few things here. Chapin lays an egg. Okay, it happens. Um, Can I hope it doesn't happen again? But it does happen. Adam, is there a Brewers deadline reliever curse? There there might be. Um, I, I will also say though, I remember on the pod where we talked about the trade and looking at his recent outings, and there had been some of this, like exactly some of this. And we talked about okay, you know, pitching lab might have to get to work and tighten some things up there. They might need to get to work and tighten some things up there. So, like first and foremost, he he does literally the loss belongs to him. Um, from a stats perspective. But it belongs to him. He he has to wear it. I mean, you come in and you get no outs in the tent. It's like it's nine innings of tough, good baseball put in by the Brewers to get to that point. You blew it, right? That's first and foremost. Um, I have a bunch of questions on the process here from Craig's perspective, and I I know that extra innings is tough, and it's always going to stretch you. I guess first thing, and this is obviously of the time of this game, do you think this reveals where Craig was at in terms of the pecking order for the Brewers? Because, I mean, we got what has been the A bullpen of Piguero, Piams, Devon, and then still wanting the game going Chafin and Uribe. Do you think they are Craig's top five guys, at least at this point? Uh, I think Hobie has a case to be in that mix as well. I think I would assume Craig trusts Hobie Milner more than he trusts Andrew Chafin at this point. Because uh, Craig at, is... at this point, though, as in after, at this point as we're speaking, or at the point where he puts Chafin in to pitch the tent in this game? I still think at that point. I just, I mean, I think it's... Well, why didn't he we do that? The, I, well, I think it's, we've got this guy. He's pitched in these high leverage situations. Let's see what he does. And I think that's the same thing he did with... Abner is introducing him to a new spot in his career, which is you're sure in a bunch a of spot. trouble. You're in yeah. a you're in a bunch of trouble. See if you can get out of it. And that's a, I think. Uh, I mean, I've seen a lot of people on Twitter being mad about him using Devin in the ninth because it's like, oh, I uh, no, that's to, you've got to you've that, got to use Devin like, in the ninth. If you here, here's the, Chafin, the problem Chafin with, could do the exact same thing in the ninth if you give it to him. You can't lose in the tenth if you don't get to the tenth. Is my sure. argument there? Uh, so I don't know. I mean, I think I think those are like that. Those are the six, the magnificent six. Uh, and the where how he trusts Chafin after this is an interesting debate. I mean, like like you said, the the first thing that we talked about um when, at the trade deadline episode was walk rate really increased from last year uh that's something to monitor um but i i guess i mean i i i have my opinion about what i think the hierarchy should be if you want to hear that All right. i don't know if yeah. you care yeah um, i care because i mean also of course like 
he kind of gets to slide under the radar here. Elvis Figueroa gave up two home runs in the seventh, and this game isn't going to extras, if not for that. And obviously, as you mentioned, the previous day he pitched well. Now, should he have been pitching again today? Should you? This is something we've talked throughout the season, too. It's like, should you kind of a guy working their way back into some form hit a little bit of a, a bump? Should it be like, okay, we got a good outing, let's give him the day off? I mean, maybe in this case, you would need him, and he ends up in the 10th or the 11th if you get that far. But I think that's that's different. But yeah, I think let us hear your thoughts because I think Peguero's own inconsistencies lately make it a discussion beyond that too um well in to start the 10th i would have gone abner um with the base is empty gotta give it with, to yeah base. yeah with with only the zombie runner i would have gone abner sorry the um, zombie but runner, I, of course but but yeah but like like i said i i i have no fault with the process just because of where you are in that situation in the game and what extra innings are and like and yesterday especially where you had used a bunch of guys already and like you're just like okay who who's who's rested and and loose so going to Bryce yesterday like didn't have a lot of good options in that situation so I get that sure. but I think I think my obviously Devin and Yoel have the eighth and the ninth and that's locked on and should be there to the best relievers in baseball um I think it's time to give Abner a look at the high leverage seventh uh, depending on the situation, because obviously you might want to go to Hobie if you've got like lefties stacked up in the order or something like that. Um, and then, and then after like the like Ho- Hobie and Elvis, I would kind of like put interchangeably as next in that in that pecking order. Uh, Pagero has obviously struggled of late. I still don't think he's someone that he's someone that will still be an important part of this bullpen and that you need he's, to get back on track. He's got and, a lot of a lot of trust banked. And I think to be fair, yeah. it's like relievers are gonna have spells like this. He could still come true. I, I, he's there's a lot of good work banked by Pagara this season. And then uh and then Chapin is still in there. I mean, he's your trade deadline acquisition. Um it's you know, we've seen how that can go wrong last year. I I would like to think and hope and believe in my heart that Andrew Chafin is not a Taylor Rogers or a Matt Bush. Taylor Rogers has been great this year, by the way. So that's really I don't, annoying. I don't want to hear about say it. that. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> don't want to hear about it. Honestly, I never want to hear Him about it. Him and Tyler that. Rogers have like identical ERAs. It's very annoying. Maybe we'll see them in the playoffs. I don't know. Um, I sure hope not. Never want to see him here again. No, I hope we know? do. And I hope, I hope uh, William Contreras hits one to the moon, <laughs> just like literally hits the moon. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on the bullpen. But like, like we said, uh, like we've said numerous times, like relievers are relievers, and like shit's gonna happen from time to time. But I, I like the I like the options they have now, and I don't know something about Abner. Even when he was struggling to find the zone, when placed into that impossible situation, like give him a clean seventh in a four-two game or. a well, knowing the Brewers, it'll be a one-run lead. So, like a three-two game, I think it might be time to see what he's got and in, in that role. Yeah, look, I'll admit I'm biased uh, at this point because I love Abner so much. He didn't blow up completely there. I mean, yeah, there's a couple of walks. I just, I don't know. It is interesting what you say. I still think it's so early in his major league career, and in some ways, he may have ended up back up there and pitching well faster than the Brewers expected that I'm not sure if there is value to Chafin is setting himself on fire. Here you go, mm-hmm. Abner. I like developmentally, I see your point. It's like sure that's a new spot for him to be in. Uh I just I you, you kind of leave think... him wearing some of it where it's it's not on him, but he still does. Like I I was not watching this game live, so next morning first thing I do wake up check the box score on, on espn and the headline was something like uh brewers lose thanks to chafin and uribe walks in extra innings and i was like damn it happened to abner and i then i look at the box score and i watch a condensed game or whatever and i'm like all right like he's part of it but it all wasn't him and i just I don't know. I, I think that's a spot, of course, you're playing matchups and everything too. I can't remember exactly who came up. Bases are loaded and you're trying to hang on to the game. I mean, that was a Hobie Milner specialty for quite some time. You know, stranding runners. 
I would have gone there potentially before Chafin. And I, I think the interesting thing, like Chafin could, he certainly like, he has enough about him and he's done enough in his career that he could be a really strong high leverage reliever for the Brewers as the season continues. It hasn't been perfect lately and that's predating his Brewers time. The reason Matt Bush and Taylor Rogers were so disastrous last year is because they were put in high leverage spots over and over and over again. Like, that just may not be the place for Andrew Chafin right now. You can build him back to that place, and he certainly got what he needs to do to be able to handle that. I just, I don't know about it right now. Um, Like, you can lose a game in extra innings easily at any time. It's some something of a coin toss. So you could have put Bryce Wilson in there and he gives up a run or two and it's like, okay, we lost, whatever. I, I just think it's another thing when it plays out this way. So I don't know. I'm just kind of, I'm interested by the process. I'm interested by, I mean, the two guys that Craig went to the night before being Peguero and Chafin. Going to both of them again and going to Peguero and he gives up two homers in the seventh and then going to Chafin as well. And that doesn't work out. I mean, I mean, there's plenty of times where guys like that will string together consecutive nights of excellent work. So there's a real benefit of hindsight to that. But this was a point where I do think all the options are available and you could have gone your rebound to seventh, as we said, and maybe if you need Peguero again, you see him later in the game. Who knows? I just kind of an interesting snapshot where I do think five of the six best relievers the Brewers have at their disposal end up in a game and I think the how and the when and the why of where they're used is interesting if not entirely instructive yet and I'm going to be curious to see really how Craig reacts and, and how it kind of evolves from there um, into the next series if we get opportunities where it's like yeah similar spots who are you going to turn to what way that might adjust but as for the loss, like brutal, absolutely brutal. But it is also just like you find yourself in extra innings, you're gonna have some ugly losses. Just having having to watch them walk and walk and walk and walk and walk is a particularly painful one. But yeah, what can you do? Yeah, chafing on back to back nights is something. Um, is is what makes me say the why there. I'll defend the the second part of that process one more time, just by saying. I talked about development, but I'm going back on that and thinking that it's more Craig getting to doing the math in his head. And one of the scenarios that happens when Abner Abner goes out on the mound is what happened and he can't find the zone and he walks two more runs in. The other scenario in his head is he strikes out the side. The Brewers are only down four to three and they come back and win because he's the nastiest guy you got left in your pen. That's kind of like... And and we talked about it like Abner has not been walking, guys. It was the big concern bringing him up. But like this is the ultimate test of his resolve in that. You just he's just there watching a teammate just walk, walk, walk for fun. And all of a sudden he's in the highest pressure spot he's been in. And it's like, yeah, don't walk anyone. You know, you've just seen much more experienced reliever just decide he's gonna go out there and load up the bases. But don't you dare walk people like I don't know. I if he comes out of it, the Brewers win the game. It's absolutely this colossal moment. But I I don't think he needs these colossal moments like just on a day to day basis. He's impressive enough where I would have thought twice about putting him in that spot. Um, That might be one where at that point it's like, okay, this is really this has probably got away from us. Of course, it hadn't at that point, but it's getting this is. This is looking like a loss when you've loaded the bases there. Uh, Bryce Wilson, is JC Mejia still up? It's like, if you went that route, I wouldn't be like, oh God, what is he doing? Because I think instead you gave it to someone real, someone who matters and someone whose confidence matters and put them in a spot (laughs) where they end up wearing it. You know, still walks out with a 146 ERA. So, or after yesterday. So, you know, Learning experience, but doesn't kill you, makes you stronger. Um, yeah, Brewers dropped that one seven three. Uh, this has been bullpen talk uh, with Adam and Andrew on cruising for a bruising. Um, we're actually spinning that off into an episode of its own. It'll be on our Patreon. Anyway, final game of the series. 
uh, Chris Flexen on the mound against Adrian Hauser. And uh, Adam, something happened in this game that normally spells doom for the Milwaukee Brewers. They went behind 4 nothing, but uh, everything would be okay. Uh, Jerks and Profar homer in the fourth inning off of Adrian Hauser, who looked absolutely outstanding for three innings, uh, gets the scoring started. Nolan Jones double scores Tovar to make it 2-0. Castro single to right scores McMahon and Nolan Jones to make it 4-0. And the, the fourth, the Brewers start to claw back. Tyrone Taylor's double scores Bryce Trang and Andre Monastery to make it 4-2. Christian Yelich singles to center to a uh, little ground ball single up the middle scores Taylor to make it 4-3. Uh, then in the fifth, Brewers complete the comeback to that point. Willie Adamas homers to left in his return to the lineup to make it four to four. Andre Monasterio again homers to make it five to four. Brewers have a five to four lead after five innings. Hauser goes five innings, five hits, four runs. They were all earned one one walk, five strikeouts. Um, obviously, just disastrous fourth inning for Hauser. Comes back out and uh, gets a clean fifth, and uh, you know. This is like, uh, like we like to say, Adam. This is in the Adrian Hauser budget, and this is a start that's going to come every now and again. And it came, and it didn't kill the Brewers, even if <laughs> when they were down four nothing in the fourth inning, and you were at the movies. I was like, oh man, Adam picked Adam picked a good day to not watch baseball. Uh, I don't know, Andrew. I was at the Meg two at the time. Uh, <laughs> I think Adrian Hazard's style was probably better than the Meg 2. Uh, just trying to work out, you know, what Ben Wheatley's doing with his life, what's what has happened fully to that. But that's a conversation for another podcast we have. Um, Hazard pitched great to start this one off, too. Is he like three perfect innings? Is that that's something I saw? Um, and then he really decided enough of that when. The fourth inning came around. But look, yeah, it's okay. It's you live with it. He gave you five innings. That's that's kind of the spot. He's he's the number fit five pitcher in the rotation. You've got kind of who you want as your four in front of that. And did he kill you? Did he take away any chance of you winning this game? As it turns out, no, he did not. And that's essentially what the the last start of your rotations job has to be. It's like, don't be so bad that we're not going to have a chance to win. And just, just about, he he managed to not be that level of bad. Hobie Milner relieves him in the sixth, pitches a scoreless sixth. Daniel Bard, uh, who there is a picture of in my garage. He has been to my parents' garage randomly, probably a decade ago. So there's that. What? Uh, there, there's a picture of him in... When you say, like, is the picture of him in your parents' garage, is it also hanging up in your parents' garage? What's... So, there's a montage of d- different people. Uh, Celebrities who visited? No, friends and family. This is a, my dad's, like, hunting garage, so there's pictures oh, of people. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, so... Yeah, uh, we could end up with some brewers up there. Uh, Yeah, we very well could. So, uh, yeah. This the most random tidbit in cruising for a bruising history has just been unveiled there. And uh, Bard is, you know, <laughs> friend of the family. Now he's public enemy number one as he struck out the side in the sixth inning. Hobie Milner uh, uh, strikes out Castro to start off the seventh, but it's a wild pitch, so Castro reaches base, strikes out Doyle, then allows a single to Cole Tucker. Um, so second and third with one out, and Abner Uribe comes on uh, again. Uh, Austin wins, grounds into a fielder's choice uh, to put runners uh, at third, and, and then uh, Carlos Santana, uh, or was this Monasterio? I can't remember which one this was. Uh, th- Castro got thrown out at home. Tucker stays uh, at third, so uh, some good defense by the Brewers there to cut down the run at the plate, but... Uh, Profar would then ground uh, a hard hit ball to Bryce Terang that took a hop right into his chest. So error on Terang scores uh, Tucker to make it five to five. Uribe gets Tovar to ground out the third. So Uribe Uribe does his job, but the error ends up helping uh, tie the game. Uh, Five, five 
in the seventh. Adam uh, Vanessa Hudgens also was uh, at this game uh, as she is uh, engaged to Cole Tucker. I don't know if uh, what your thoughts What's are the... on. <laughs> I'd be more curious to hear your thoughts on that. I mean, you saw it live, but uh, not a whole lot for me. I love Vanessa Hudgens' work in Spring Breakers. Don't know how much more beyond that has really entered my consciousness. Am I yeah, forgetting I mean, something she, obvious? I mean, I'm not. Yeah, like a, she was. She was solid. A Disney in Child Loom, kid. So that's right. She was in that. Um, uh, I'm, I'm scrambling was, I, trying to think of other Vanessa Hudgens movies, but you might have some other thoughts. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to say, you know, like it's, it's, it's interesting when you, when you get a celebrity out to the ballpark, Adam, because I feel like it doesn't happen often. Uh, I've, I saw. I've seen one other, one other movie that she's been in it was bad boys for life uh can't say uh, what were your thoughts re- on that film i quite enjoyed it uh, i think it was pretty good a return to form for the bad boys franchise i would say oh it might be unfair it'd been a long time though um don't really remember her in at this point but it seems like she was so that's they're my thoughts you asked you got them yeah i gotta say just adam i'm really intrigued anytime a celebrity makes their way out to the ballpark so was uh, was really intrigued to see Vanessa Hudgens, uh, but didn't want her to have a good day, unfortunately, because I wanted her team to lose, uh, and they did. They did lose. They did lose, Adam, as we continue down this magical mystery tour of a baseball game. Uh, so after the error ties the game in the seventh, uh, Brewers go down in order again, side struck out uh, in the seventh. Yoel Piams comes on. Walks Ryan McMahon, but again gets uh, Nolan Jones to strike out swinging, Toglia to strike out swinging, and then McMahon caught stealing second um, as well. Brent Suter again on for the Rockies in the bottom of the eighth, and he would again record a scoreless inning. Devin Williams pitches a scoreless ninth. Uh, Brewers unable to get anything going uh, in the bottom of the ninth. Carlos Santana lines out to first a ball, but if it gets over the head of Togley is going to be for extra bases and give the Brewers an opportunity with no outs in the ninth, but it was not to be. Christian Yelich then strikes out swing. William Contreras strikes out swing. Bryce Wilson on to pitch the 10th. Uh, a little change in the defensive alignment as well due to some pinch hitting uh, earlier in the game. Mark Canna goes to the left. Sal Freelick to the center. Tyron Taylor at right and Carlos Santana at first. Um, Austin wins. Uh, uh, sacrifices uh, a bunt to get Cole Tucker to third. Uh, this was the so the last inning that I was talking about was the Monasterio cut down at the plate. The Brewers would have a, another one in this inning. Jerks and Profar grounds to first. Carlos Santana fields the ball, makes a high throw. William Contreras does a great job to leap, uh, make the catch, and make the tag, getting the runner uh, out at the plate. So uh, <laughs> we're, we're used to coming onto this podcast and talking about base running blunders the Brewers make, uh, getting cut down in the plate in big situations, and instead they did this to their opponent. Uh, But then uh, Ezekiel Tovar doubles to left. uh, Ball hits off the wall. Mark Canna trying to field it and get it back into the infield to hold um, Profar at third. Bobbles it, unable to come up with it cleanly. Profar scores, makes it 6-5 Rockies. Uh, Wilson then gets Ryan McMahon to ground out to shortstop. So Brewers go into the bottom of the tent, down 6-5. Justin Lawrence on the pitch for Colorado again. Mark Canna steps to the plate. The at-bat starts in a really sour way. He gets a pitch clock violation before he even gets to the plate. There's a strike play this time. Yeah. Um, then Mark Canna follows that up with a ground rule double to score Contreras. Uh, big clutch hit for Canna, who has had a tough time as a Brewer largely. I mean, that's you can say that for all of the trade deadline acquisitions at this point, nobody really, uh, you know, taking the bull by the horn and running with it in terms of their performance. Uh, Sal Freelich then grounds out almost kind of like a swinging bunt to the pitcher, gets Canada third. Willie Adamas pops out, not deep enough to get the run home. Andre Monasterio grounds to shortstop Tovar. Tovar proceeds to throw a sinking missile to the feet of the first baseman, Toglia. Toglia unable to come up with the scoop. Mark Canada scores. Brewers walk it off and win. Seven to six the day after heartbreak. Uh now the stadium erupts in joy and Mark Canna gets his his hero's journey from from goat to uh to the 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 top of the 
high chair. I don't know. Um, let's just we'll move on past that. He does have hits in every game in this series. I mean, not the most efficient we would like more, but that's the start, I guess. If he's going to be a guy who's going to get hits every every day, that's certainly going to help. Uh, I that fumble out in left field was pretty horrendous. I don't know. Is that just something that's more likely to happen when you've just gone from first to left? Uh, maybe that's going to be a part of a case to see a lot more of him at first and DH. It's certainly, I don't think it's reflective of anything bigger, but it's yeah, not great all the same. Um, but yeah, look, this is a, an ugly game, an ugly series, a lot of mistakes, a lot of errors on both sides. And I think with that considered, the Brewers just coming out on top is important because they could easily have lost this series and they could easily have swept it. It's another one of those. But I'm just glad that ultimately the final error was a Rockies error and it got them over the line. Yeah, I'm I'm glad too, Adam. Uh Brewers take two out of three from the Rockies. Um you know, you know, weird series. It's August. The dog days of summer, they call it. Um anyway, moving on to the Master Brewer leaderboard as my earbuds try to fall out of my ears. What what what's wrong with my ears, Adam? Why does this happen to me? This doesn't happen to normal people. Uh, anyway, first up on the leaderboard, Freddie Peralta gets a pair of beers. Just outstanding performance. Obviously, his career high in swings and misses, thirteen strikeouts. Uh, Wade Miley gets a beer. Devin Williams gets a beer. Yoel Pyant gets a beer. South Freeland, Andrew Monasterio, Christian Yelich, Bryce Durang, William Contreras, and Tyrone Taylor. Leaderboard through one hundred and sixteen games. Devin Williams with 27, Joe Pyamps with 23, Christian Yelich with 22, William Contreras with 20, Corbin Burns with 19, Hobie Milner and Joey Weimer with 15, Brian Anderson, Elvis Peguero, Bryce Strang with 14, Willie Adamas with 13, Owen Miller and Bryce Wilson with 12, Peter Shrezlecki and Freddie Peralta with 11, Roddy Pelaz and Victor Caratini with 10, Wade Miley and Andre Monasterio with 9, Julio Dayron and Colin Ray with um, 8. Adrian Hauser with seven, Sal Freelich with six, Garrett Mitchell, Admiral Uribe, Blake Perkins with five, Jesse Winker and Tyler and Taylor, Tyrone Taylor with four, Jake Cousins, Eric Lauer, Trevor McGill, Brandon Woodruff with three, Gus Farland, Javi Guerra, Ryan Maltabia, Abraham Toro with two, Mike Rosso, Luke Voigt, Matt Bush, Tyson Miller, Darren Renruff, J.B. Bukowskis, Jemai Jones, J.C. Mejia, and Carlos Santana with a single beer to their name. Adam, what's coming up next? Do you want to look ahead with me? We can look ahead. There's just one thing that uh, you jogged my memory on there, which is is worth noting. We forgot news and notes, but that is Roddy Tellez did make his yes. his return to action for the Nashville Sounds um, on Wednesday, Tuesday, Tuesday, um, where he had one hit and four at bats. So hit with his first his first at bat since returning from his freak hand finger injury so yeah let's hope for some more good stuff from rowdy uh it seems like he's going to be down there for a week anyway and the brewers will reassess would be nice to get rowdy hitting well and come back and add to the brewers but yeah one one news and note that we missed we I can like look at things adams but i don't like freak injuries so <laughs> all right so coming up next for the Milwaukee Brewers, there's three on the road, two to Chicago, White Sox. Andrew, which brewer is most likely to punch a certain member of the White Sox? Ooh. Hmm. Hmm. I, I think we've got a lot of lovers and not a lot of fighters. I, I, I think so. Very peaceful. I, I do think I have an answer. Uh, I think I'm going to go William Contreras because you don't Grow up being Wilson Contreras' younger brother without probably having to get in some fights occasionally. Uh, well, that's, that's where I'd go. But just the White Sox can't get out of their own way. So uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what they've got. Let's hope that continues. I don't want them to write the ship now. Neither do I. Uh, tomorrow, or today, if, if you're listening to it tomorrow, who knows? Listen to this whenever you want, but actually do it immediately. Uh, 7 10 Central start. Uh, Corbin Burns against Michael Kopech. Uh, Saturday, August 12th, 
on Homer Simpson Fox, a six fifteen central far uh <laughs> central start. Uh, Brandon Woodruff yeah. on the mound against Je- Jesse Shelton's, uh, and then <laughs> finishing up the series on Sunday, August thirteenth, a one ten central start. Freddie Peralta gets Dylan Cease. Baseball, Adam. Uh, they're playing baseball. Two and a half game lead over the Reds and the Cubs. Um. Uh, my body is failing me. I can't speak. Well, at least you've got some scheduled bodily functions in for game two of the <laughs> series against the Chicago White Sox. Um, how everyone else chooses to spend that time is up to them. What we should also do, I, we're getting this point of the year, but we should, like we did last time, is look at what the upcoming schedule has for the Brewers division rivals. Uh, the Chicago Cubs, having dropped two of three to the Mets, head on their travels to Toronto to face the Blue Jays. Hopefully the Blue Jays can be kind to us there. Um, And the Reds have some division action on the card. They will go to Pittsburgh to face the Pirates. Let's hope the Pirates can uh, show up in a way that they at least did against the Brewers too. So good chance for the Brewers. Again, needs to take advantage of it, but I think certainly on the Cubs, potential to gain if the Brewers could have a good series. And that would be advisable because, yeah, then you've got three against the Dodgers, followed by uh, three against the Rangers. So, yeah, you've got two division leaders coming up on the road in consecutive series after this one. So let's cash in some more wins now, please, Brewers. Do like cash, um. Yeah, take take advantage of the White Sox being in disarray, and then set yourself up for what will be a little bit of a more challenging stretch. And you know why don't why don't you just go win six in a row, start to chase down the Dodgers for the two seed? How how about it, fellas? Anyway, that's all I've got, Adam. I will turn it over to you, you handsome son of a bitch, and you can wrap this up. All right. Um, interesting podcast, though, that's for sure. To make sure you get all of the interesting podcasts, subscribe wherever you listen to them. Cruising for a bruising. There's like some very loud drilling going on in the background here. I don't know if you can hear that. Uh, cruising for a bruising. Every series, you'll hear us talk about it. We're, we're always on top of all things brewers. On top of all things Green Bay Packers. NFL season's almost here. Talk to Tundra with Neil Mac and Jordan Tresky. For all things Milwaukee Books, got the Eurostep Podcast Network, the main feed, Ty Windish and Rowan Cuddy holding it down at the moment with Eurostep. And for more on movies, pop culture, and other things, we've got to make time for this with myself and Andrew. A break from movies and pop culture this week. Um, watch out for our episode previewing the start of the Premier League season. That does it for us. Until next time, thanks again to all of you for listening. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Adam. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.